This week on the Xander Effect, hip-hop artist Quest Cross joins me and gives us a little insight on EDRM and how he got it all started. I also showcase his music video along with Bobby Bebop in their EDRM version of the hit song, Losing My Religion. Also, actress and model Caitlin O'Connor joins me and talks about her future ventures in both acting and the fitness world. Also, actress, writer, and model Sonia Rockwell comes by and talks to us a little bit about her adventures in the world of entertainment. All this, plus this week in entertainment, sports, and video games starts right now. What's up, everyone, and happy holidays. I'm your host, Xander Dames, and welcome to the final version of the Xander Effect for the year. Man, it's been an awesome ride with all of you. I appreciate and thank each and every single one of you for continuing to uh, follow me on social media, subscribe to YouTube, and uh, looking forward to many, many more great things uh, in this year to come. So without further ado, Let's get this party started. In entertainment news, this week, The Rise of Skywalker, the final rendition of Star Wars, hits theaters. And man, this is something that I've been waiting for for a long time. Uh, we finally get a few uh, questions answered in regards to the laugh of Senator Palpatine that still is still resonating uh, throughout the, the trailer. Um, who is he? There's a lot of different uh, theories that are out there that, you know, my theory is that he might be uh, Ray's, um, uh, Ray's great, great, uh, you know, grandfather, who knows, there could be there could be so many theories on this thing. So, you know, it's, it's, it's anybody's guess. Personally, I'm not going to go see it just yet. Because the theaters are so freaking packed. I don't even want to deal with having to get by tickets to it. However, it did do well in the box office, but not as well as it's uh, as, as its previous two uh, movies preceding this one. Uh, the Rise of Skywalker only opened 
with $195 million. Um, and before that, The Last Jedi opened at 220 And the very first one, the one that started it all, The Force Awakens, opened at $248 million. Now, this basically, show, this basically tells me that many people, many of the Star Wars fans, are kind of tired of Star Wars, or they're, they're a little bit, maybe they, they just don't like... They, they were so burnt out by the prequel to uh, the original um, with uh, the story of Anakin Skywalker, how he became Darth Vader, all that stuff. Obviously, those movies didn't do too well at the box office when they came out. So I believe that maybe the people were a little bit, they were a little bit, uh, you know, they, they were just tired of it. So that's possibly why. Then, of course, the, the as the movies progressed, a lot of people were upset at the fact that, you know, Spoiler alert! Just in case you haven't seen *The Force Awakens*, which I I don't I don't doubt that uh, that you haven't seen it, but uh, Han Solo getting killed by his own son Kylo Ren, um, you know, many people kind of didn't like that, uh, and then of course a lot of people were still upset at the fact of the matter. Again, spoiler alert: that uh, that um, Luke Skywalker uh, died in the second part in uh, in *The Force Awakens*. So there's a lot of things that people were still upset about in regards. To to the first two that you know might have left a sour taste in their mouth for this particular uh for this one which which doesn't make any sense to me because to be honest i'm actually looking forward to this one seeing as the fact that this is the last one that they're gonna do now mind you they may there may be spin-offs to this one a lot of people are already talking that there should be some spin-offs to some of the characters to this movie and of course there's the mandalorian that is currently on the disney plus uh you know streaming app that's doing very well. I, I personally, I like The Mandalorian. It's an, it's an incredible uh, TV. It's an incredible TV show, and um, it's got a great storyline. So there's there's a lot of uh, talk that many people are are thinking, uh, you know, are, are they're saying that there should be some spinoffs to some of the characters of of uh, the Last Jedi. Or, I'm sorry, of uh, the Rise of Skywalker. Uh, so only time will tell, you know. But so far, the Rise of Skywalker rose to the occasion and still beat out the movie Cats, which already had bad reviews as it was in you know before they got into uh, opening night. And, uh, yeah, those bad reviews kind of followed them into opening night because they only opened up with $8.5 at the box office. That's very, very low uh, for the all-star cast that was uh, signed to this, mo- to, this uh, you know, to this rendition of the Broadway musical, the movie. So... It was a tough one. It was a tough one for cats. Um, but then again, you know, you're going up against Star Wars. You're not really, you know, what more do you expect? Everybody's going to go see Star Wars. It was just a bad idea for any movie to open alongside, you know, uh, such a huge hit like Star Wars. Plus, you know, Disney Corporation, they they have all the money in the world to blast this thing out, to really hype this movie up, which they did immensely. So it's obvious that cats was not going to do well at the box office. And unfortunately, that's it's just not looking like it's gonna get any better for cats not to mention the bad reviews that were that came attached to them as well so yeah it's a tough one but you know it is what it is star wars is doing very well i'm looking forward to seeing it and uh we'll see what the future horse for the star wars franchise you never know there could be uh more movies there could be more spinoffs or maybe this is in fact it for the star wars franchise as far as the big screen is concerned in other entertainment news um i had the opportunity to interview uh rap artist quest cross he is the 
like in my opinion, he's the best kept secret in hip hop right now. He has worked with so many great artists. Um, he. You know, pretty much invented, uh, I, I guess, a version of trap, which is which is called he calls it EDRM, which is electric dance rap music, and um, he explains to us how that all came about. Check it out. So on the Xander effect, I have a recording artist Quest Cross. Quest, how you doing, man? What's up, man? What's going on with you, brother? Good, good, man. Doing? Good, good, man. Uh, I mean, we have we have a little bit of a of a time delay because you're overseas right now. You're out sure. in Singapore, right? Exactly. Yeah, Singapore right now, man. Man, you, you've done so much music. You you worked with so many great artists. You worked with Akon, Wiz Khalifa, Ludacris. Man, the list goes on and on for all the artists that you've gone through, man. You're like the best kept secret in hip hop right now. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's like now nah, yeah, it's dope, man. You know, I think it's uh, you know, it's all about evolution. You know, what I'm saying, and, and, and positioning yourself to be, you know, working with everybody on both sides, on the technical side, you know, the artist side. So I just been like trained to, you know, what I mean, to, to catch everything within the game, rap, EDM, the whole nine yards. You know what I'm saying? Well, let's talk about how you got into this industry to begin with. I mean, you've been in the industry for many years. You've produced music. You've written music. I mean, how did you get started in this in this in this musical industry? Because right now you're working for Sony Music, uh, your company, which is an affiliate of your company, Fifty Fifty Con Live. Is that your company, Fifty Fifty uh, Music, or something like? What, what's the name of your company? Yeah, yeah, let's just do it. Yeah, so it's Fifty Fifty Global Music. Incorporated that uh, uh, partner with Sony Music, and our publishing is with BMG. So, Fifty Fifty Gold Music, yeah, yeah. So, so that's yeah, that's where we are right now. Fifty Fifty Gold Music Incorporated partner with Sony Music, Orchard BMG. So, how did you get into this music industry, man? Like, I mean, because like I said, you've worked with many big artists, many big names. How did you get started in here? Nah, man, so it really, you know, like I've been putting in work for, for, for a minute, you know what I'm saying? But um, a lot of my starts started from Atlanta, you know what I'm saying? And from, from Atlanta, I just grew from there, like the first initial deal. And then after that first initial deal, it was more or less like a preliminary, you know, I call it like a little preliminary entry deal, you know what I'm saying? But from there, around Get this money, girl. Greenbacks, I know you like. Care Ross, we taking all. Quest cross that big boss. You ask like I get it done. The Shandy and the Mat. We're in Switzerland, off in Antwerp, like that. Where those diamonds are at? My we hop flights, no risk. If it's TSA. And then as the years went on, I kept like developing and developing, developing the, the label side, the side, and then boom, you know, a lot of deals in between was happening. So like. You know, there was a lot of different digital deals that was in as well, like Face Fair, which is the people beat for. So, you know, I did deals with them. And then everything was led to the BMG situation. Oh, that's awesome, man. I mean, like I said, it seems like you've been doing a lot in the industry over the past few years. You like, you know, you put out a lot of music, a lot of your music, a lot of uh, yeah. a lot of different styles. You've also developed artists as well. Like, you've worked with other yeah. artists as well and I'm developing 
their their growth. So as far as you're concerned, I mean, you you know, what have you been like? What have you been doing? Because I know you've still been music, working with music. You've been working with different albums. Yeah. You've intermixed hip hop with EDM, which is actually something that's very interesting to me. I've seen a couple of your music videos. You work with Dead Mouse, which is really cool. I actually yeah. saw your music video when you worked with Dead Mouse. How was how did how did you come up with the idea? Of of combining EDM with hip hop. Mm. Well, no, I was I was on tour, man, and I noticed that I just felt like I, I knew the game was shifting. Was, you know, what we call it what shift paradigm. You know what I'm saying? So I knew it was shifting. It was time for as EDM started bubbling. It was time I saw windows start mixing up. And then when I was on tour, I, I performed in track like I did with that. And that's when it was like, I felt the audience loved that, you know. And so right there, I was like, okay, boom. You know, we got to come up with a whole, you know, another genre of start mixing, you know, rap and EDM together. And that's when I came up with EDRM, you know, electronic dance rap. And so to bridge those two. And then, yeah, that, 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 that's how that started. And I started, you know, just experimenting, listening to Nadia Ali. Uh, you know, Calvin uh, Harris, you know, uh, Armin Van Buren, and you know, and then start really dissecting the culture and then brings on you. Know, and that's how, you know, honestly, that's how it happens. Wow, that's, that's amazing. How it all that's that's amazing. That's and this and it, what's very funny about that is that all this began before trap came out. You started, started a brand new, like you started the revolution of you know that yep. kind of electronic music and hip hop combined. You actually began yeah. that type of fad and that started catching yep. up more and more. Like I said, man, you like Quest, you are a best kept secret that many people don't realize that you had a hand in developing a lot of music, you know, in the industry. Now, with 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 that in mind, what what albums are you going to be coming out with? I mean, I know you're working on albums. You're in Singapore. You've been traveling all over Asia, all over Europe. I mean, there's obviously a market going on in Europe right now with your music. What exactly are you trying to develop right now as we're talking? Well, it's dope. It's like, you know, we have many, you know, artists on the label. You know, we got Demons, we got Halina from Russia. Uh, myself, so we're, we're including all of the, you know, the dance, trap, you know, emo, you know, all of the collectively, you know, and we're getting ready to set a lot of these out for 2020. You know, I signed uh, another label from Africa. Uh, 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 that's coming out basically. I'm on an upcoming TV, Dylan. Upcoming TV, that's what I'm So, boom. Last year, we released like 20 songs from Buddha. This year we're gonna release about 300 singles uh, 2020, all from Africa alone. And then from Europe, you know, we got Jason recording coming, and then from English we have Ali, which is from Taiwan, and then we have Eli, which is from Korea, that focusing all on Southeast Asia, Asia, to get some music and video content. You know, which is gonna like like have a full down. 2020 real, real strong, you know what I'm saying? So, hitting all parts of the globe and bringing all that music together. So, it makes for everybody that's like, you know what I mean? They have like, uh, you know, enough, uh, just enough to stream and listen to. You know, listen to 
And of course, that was that's always by the by the seams. That's the reason why you call it, you know, worldwide because that's always been. It seems your main goal is to go ahead and combine your music with you know different artists from around the world and bringing it to our attention yeah. here in the states here in America. That the fact that you know what America is exactly. the only country that has music, has hip hop, has these different talents. You have all these talents from all around the world, all corners of the world that many people don't even really know are there. You're going to the places where exactly really understands. Nobody really knows because it. Many people see these countries as third world countries, but they have no idea that in these countries exactly. there's a lot of talent in these countries that haven't. There's a lot around. going on, man. And so back, back, and then it's dope too because I'm sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead, go ahead. Sorry. Oh yeah, no, I'm saying you're right, and it's like you know, it's like the cities are like moving, man. Like, like things are moving on fast pace, and like and like by like what 2025, like all of the, the music publishing and BMG, we, you know, it's, we're we're all focused within the, the Asian market, which is very hot, trying what's going on music, art for the time here. So it's gonna be it's gonna be crazy, but it's gonna be like like twenty twenty five is gonna be like Asia, Europe, US. So we just wanna bring it that forward, you know what I mean? And then what's cool is like a lot of the artists from uh US will get a chance to navigate over there and what's going on. So that's where we come in to help paradigm shift that and work together. You know what I mean? So I had to put like it's real, man, you know, I put the boots on. fantastic i mean you're actually revolutionizing a lot of what music uh what music is about which is unity in all corners of the world and that's what you're actually doing by you know by by showcasing a lot of these talented artists that are out there right now now as far as that's concerned that's one thing but as far as quest cross is concerned like with yourself, because yeah, you're, you're always you're always helping others. You're always helping other artists develop themselves. Mm -hmm. Let's see. Let's talk about developing you. Like, what's going on, Quest? I mean, we need to <laughs> you, man. You need to be known nah. in the eyes yeah. and ears of many people. No doubt, man. Nah, nah. You know, I'm the type of artist, man. Like, I like I can do honestly, man. I can do a whole album like this literally do like five days like i could knock out three songs four songs a day i think what it is i knew i had to for me i knew i had to like build up both sides of the fence you know, build, you know the business side and the artist side so now i'm able to you know record get the music down put it out so by 2020 it's definitely a lot of my material a lot of the albums videos a lot of the content I mean, you know, the so it's like you don't see a lot of material like i'm putting out old catalogs and so by you know so you have enough catalogs gonna last for like almost the whole year 2020 you know I mean, collaborations remixes the whole nine yards so it's definitely coming strong I, basically my own goal is just basically building that foundation so that it's solid and then as the music comes that's easy you know like performing writing you know coming up with the hip stuff coming up with the hip stuff that's you know it's pretty pretty easy so like basically you know, 2020 is on. We're going to be releasing the match. Back 
that's and that's and that's awesome, man. That's awesome. I'm glad to hear that. Yeah. But besides the music, you're also involved in movies because Sony Sony yeah. doesn't only have music; it also has movies, and you're also involved in the movies portion of it. Are we gonna be Are we gonna be seeing anything that you're particularly in in like in or involved with, or your music or anything like that? Like, talk to us. Talk to me a little bit about that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like you know, we, we right now we submit uh, a lot of the film content uh, with Ten Ninety One and Sony, so uh, it's all free preliminary. But there will be like music involved. There will be uh, films that will be in. That will be behind the scenes on uh, Sony World Tour behind. You know, so yeah, right now we're looking for uh, the best, uh, whether it's you know A, B, C list films. They're gonna be free. The films gonna slide up for twenty twenty. So. It's so funny because my man was like, yo, you need to fuck this more. He said, fuck this more too when it films because, you know. So that's why you said, so yeah, we definitely, man, we going in on all that. Because the door is open and now we can go back and do it and make it happen. So I will be involved for sure. And you're, so are you staying out there or are you going to be coming out here? Are you going to be doing any touring out here in the States? Yeah, yeah, I'm coming. You know what I'm saying? What I'm going to do is, um, I'll be coming back to say we got a, a special project here that we have here. I think it's kind of, uh, yeah, it's kind of uh, preliminary, but I will be coming back. I will be touring. I will be coming back to the like January, you know, so it'll be like, you know, in and out, but focusing more on a lot of the festivals. So all of the festivals, not too much of but more festivals. So is so the album that's going to be coming out in 2020. Are we looking at an album that's going to have a mix of everything, or is it going to be solely focused on EDMR that you called it? EDRM, yeah. EDRM. I'm sorry. EDRM. Are you going to yeah, be, be, you know be focused on EDRM? I, I'm horrible with the acronym, so. <laughs> no, you my man. It's all good. No, no, no man. It's gonna be. It's gonna be a mix. It's gonna be a mix of everything. We're gonna do it like trap, emo. You know, uh, EDIM, but it's gonna have that that foundation. I want those those different. Uh, uh, I want the EDM scrap rave kind of like to be that foundation beat wise, but you're gonna have like a lot of the emo sound, a lot of the trap rap sound type of things. So you will have that flavor, which is basically party joints all the way through. And are we gonna be seeing any of like any of the of the other also already established artists like? Maybe uh, Dead Mouse on it. Is it gonna, is he going to be involved in any of this, or are you going to be involving some new yeah, yeah. upcoming uh, DJs or artists at all? Yeah, yeah, we got you know DJ Gregor, he's from, he's from Belgium, DJ Majestic, all these guys. Uh, we got releases coming in twenty live on the table, but uh, that's coming through Demetrius Vegas, like mine. You know what I mean? Through that camp, you know what I mean? So we're going to be releasing that with those records fairly soon. And then yeah, we'll be mixing and uh, doing collabs with different artists too. On one project with B Taylor, uh, he's on the label. We got one with Flo Rida, Snoop, uh, Chris Brown, uh, Rice Taylor. Uh, with him on his project, you know, we're gonna remix all those songs, uh, EDM wise. That will be coming as well. That's wow. gonna be a dope project. Wow, yeah. that's gonna be. I'm looking forward to that. That sounds like it's gonna be. That's awesome. gonna be dope. Right? Is dope, yo. Rick Ross, like they all are, like gonna be 
Yeah, because Rick Ross, because Rick Ross, he did something with Skrillex. He did, you know, he he did a combination for the um for that for the um for the Suicide Squad soundtrack, and you know he yeah. did, he did he did that combo. He did that collaboration with DJ Skrillex, and man, that was an awesome exactly. that they did together right there. You know, Rick Ross and him. Yeah, dope. Yeah, I think I think I'm gonna, that's why I want like all the artists to tap into that, which they have been, but it's like. You know, they really haven't dived in because it's so dope, man. I think, you know, some acts are like, oh, man, I'm going to lose my foundation. But no, nah, man, like, the EDM world is so dope. It's just like, you know, rap and hip hop, you know, you just got to have, you got some love for it. The embracement will be there. Like, it didn't take me, it, I'm sorry, it took me some time to get into it due to understanding the culture, where it was going. Then, boom, and then they started embracing me. And, you know, and then I started, you know, getting certain deals that I needed to, you know, to formulate the EDM label, you know what I'm saying? So once they saw that, boom, it was on. They're like, okay, no, nah, love is dead. Like, in the beginning, yeah, it was like, oh, yeah, you just want to get in, but nah, nah, we're coming, you know, with the real, it's like, you know, I love EDM, so it's like a little rap. You know what I mean? So I studied it, understand it, and now I'm able to, to move and navigate, you know, navigate the culture. Man, that's awesome, Quest. I look forward to uh, to what you got coming out for 2020. It sounds awesome. It sounds amazing. The album, yeah. And I look forward to showcasing some of your new music videos on the Xander Effect. And Quest, thank you so much, man, for being on the Xander Effect, man. Thank you so much for being here, taking time out. I know it's I know it's uh it's kind of early. It's kind of lunchtime over there, so I'm gonna let you go to go eat. You know, because I hear yeah, like, yeah, in the yeah, background yeah. right now. <laughs> oh, I got, I got, I got my, I got my, my little, my little, um, my little tea effect. There you go. There Look, you go. Xander tea effect. <laughs> <laughs> I like that, man. I like that. Well, Quest, thanks again, man, for being on the Xander effect, and I will talk to you, and I will see oh, you my God. very no soon, doubt. my friend. No doubt, man. Xander Effect in the building, man. We in here, man. City City Global Music Incorporated. Sony BMG. Let's go. Yes, sir. Talk to you, bro. Thanks so much, Quest, for being on the Xander Effect, man. I hope I get to see you uh, on the show again very soon, and I hope I get to listen to all of your great music in the near future. In other entertainment news, the new trailer for the Star Trek Picard series came out, and looks like there are more surprises in in the new in the in the show that's going to be streaming on CBS. Comes out January twenty fourth of twenty. 2020 and uh brent's uh brent spinner obviously we all know that he's gonna be in it and man they, the makeup that they put on the guy is just so weird i mean obviously we t- i talked about this uh a few months ago when when they first announced picard to be uh, to be released um that you know they stopped doing or they were they they had to kill off the character of data because uh you know the actual actor brent was was getting older they were they were putting way too much makeup on him and they you know i mean it, <laughs> he's not really an android he's a human being that ages so it was really difficult for them to try to manipulate you know his face and make him still look young because an android doesn't age so they had to kill that was part of the reason why they killed off uh the character of data in uh the movie that they that they did um but in this one they bring him back as a memory of picard's and apparently he, he still looks really bad but 
Um, I was actually mistaken. Last time I said that Kate Mulgrew was going to be in it. He, she's actually not in uh, this uh, in this new series of Picard, Star Trek Picard. Um, there was a there was a quick cutscene where uh, Picard is talking to an admiral and. She looked an awful lot because it was a very quick scene. She looked an awful lot at first glance like Kate Mulgrew. Uh, she played Captain Catherine Janeway in uh, Star Trek Voyager. And I thought it was her at first, but it turns out it's not her. She's not even in the, the show. So there's that. But who is in the show from, from uh, Star Trek Voyager is Jerry Ryan. She played Seven of Nine in the series. And she actually, she actually, uh, apparently helps Picard in this new series, which I guess, um, the former captain of the Enterprise is helping a young woman that has come to him. And she has some sort of, it looks like, or it's apparently it looks like she has some sort of connection with the Borg. And we all know that Picard was assimilated by the Borg in one of the, in one of the episodes of Star Trek, the next generation. So there could be some sort of a connection there, my guess is that maybe while he was being assimilated, they, they took out some DNA. There was, there, there is a scene in Star Trek First Contact where the Borg Queen does tell Picard that they had a very intimate, uh, they had a very intimate connection. So could it be possible that this Borg Queen mated with Picard while he was a drone? Who knows? That, that that could very well be the case in this in this new uh, series, and this young woman could be uh, the the um, the uh, she could be the offspring of both Picard and the Borg Queen. She's about that age where she could, in fact, actually be the offspring. So who knows who this young woman is? I guess only time will tell as the series uh, premieres uh, next year. Another another uh, you know veteran of the Star Trek series that will be making an appearance is. Jonathan Frakes, he actually makes an appearance at the end of this trailer. Uh, basically, it looks like uh, Jonathan's no, uh, Commander William Riker, that's that's the character's name, uh, is no longer part of uh, Starfleet. Looks like he's retired now as well, and uh, he's a farmer, just like I guess Picard was supposed to be a farmer. And he just looks at Picard and says, Jean-Luc, what did you get yourself into? So... Who knows? Who knows what that relationship is like? Uh, another one that is slated to be in that another veteran from the Next Generation series is Marina Sirtis, who plays Counselor Deanna Troy, who is married to uh, to Commander Riker or Captain Riker or Admiral Riker, whatever his rank is in this series. Um, she is also set to to do a guest appearance on Star Trek Picard. So there should be, there's there's probably going to be a lot of a lot of uh, old school faces that are going to be making an appearance on the show, which uh, I'm looking forward to. And yeah, I'm excited to go ahead and see where exactly this series is going to take the Star Trek franchise. In other entertainment news, I also had an opportunity to interview model and actress uh, Caitlin O'Connor, and she. Uh, uh, talks to me a little bit about uh, some of the ventures that she's got going on right now, including some fitness ventures that she has. Check it out. So joining me on the Xander Effect is the lovely model slash actress, Caitlin O'Connor. Caitlin, how Hi. are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm beautiful. It's a great day. Holidays are here. You know, everybody's singing and crashing into each other because it's crazy out on the roads right now. I mean, this people, is are, true. people are trying to grab that last gift every single time. And they're like, get away from me. I'm like, okay, fine. You know, it's people scary. People are really rude driving in LA. You, would, you wouldn't think so. Tell me about it. But see, what's funny is that you were actually born 
in LA, but you were raised in Pennsylvania. Yes. That uh, is, that's a trip right there. I mean, how, like, how did you make your, you know, how, let, let's go ahead and like get, get right in the nitty gritty of everything. You were born here, raised in Pennsylvania. How did you find your way back to LA again? My parents got divorced. Uh, my mom is from Pittsburgh. She met my dad here in LA. My father's from Hawaii slash uh, Los Angeles. And uh, everybody on his side of the family is, is sort of in the movie industry and in the entertainment industry. But my mom was from a really small town and moved to L.A. to be a model. And they met on set of a TV show called Knott's Landing. Uh, but then they got divorced when I was five. So I moved uh, back to her uh, hometown. So, 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 pretty much, so pretty much acting has always been in your genes the entertainment industry has always been all around you i mean but is this something that you always want to do because of the environment that you were subjected to or was it something that you were always fascinated with anyway uh, i was fascinated by the spice girls i really just wanted to be a spice girl when i was little but it was i, I knew that it was accessible because of my family history and uh, my father you know, see Thomas Howell as a relative of mine. So seeing him on on screen was like, it's very accessible, but I had no idea how crazy LA can be, so. So you got, so pretty <laughs> much from there, you got another taste of what the entertainment industry was like. What was your first actual real uh, job? Was it, was it first, well, let me ask you, was it your first was the first thing you started doing was modeling or was it acting or was it both intertwined at the same time? I think, uh, I think every girl who moves to LA sort of becomes a multi-hyphenate uh, performer because you have to make money. Mm -hmm. So you'll just submit yourself for different things. But uh, my, my first job was for UCLA. I was going to school. I was an English major there and somebody approached me on campus to be their bareware catalog model. And I went to the audition and they, picked me and five other girls. And that was my first job. That was my first shoot. Uh, and then my other first job was as a Disney princess. I was Sleeping Beauty. Nice. I think the week I turned 18, I went to that audition and they also chose me. I had like really good luck. And then five years of, what now? <laughs> You're like, okay, I'm twiddling my thumbs. I can't be Sleeping Beauty forever. Let's like figure out what's going to happen next year. Yes. So, so five years later, <laughs> I mean, did you end up finishing school after all? I am. Uh, well, I finished my theater minor, so I have a, a, a little piece of what I need to get done. But yes. Yeah. It sounds like you have a little bit of regret there, like in, in your tone, like you kind of wish you don't you need school. You don't need school. You need a relative in the industry. You, you, you just, you know, you need Instagram now. I, I don't know. Nowadays, nowadays, yeah. On YouTube, I don't know. Yeah, nowadays, that's, that's the unfortunate fact. I mean, unfortunate and fortunate for many people because, you know, the technology, entertainment industry, everything has changed so much that it's become more accessible to almost every single person. Sometimes it's even accessible to people that shouldn't even have social medias. It's like, dude. You, you said it. <laughs> you really don't need that. You need to calm down with whatever it is you're doing. But so, <laughs> so, so basically, you know, for, um, you know, for five years, you didn't do anything. How, what happened after those five years? You know, how did you come back and, you know, move forward? 
Oh, geez. I've, I've just done so many modeling jobs and, you know, it's what I always love to do. I moved into TV hosting and interviewing a few years ago for Maxim and then I worked for the Chive and I produced a few feature films with my girlfriends and that, that was really fun. Nice. So, and of course you were a Maxim model as well. I, I, I remember I read about that. Oh yeah, yes. I won uh, their hometown hotties. I was their one of their hometown hotties. <laughs> um, <laughs> how does, and how does that how does that feel like to be considered one of uh, Maxim's top? I think it was a uh, top five of the hottest uh, hottest uh, girls in Maxim magazine. How does that like? How did that feel for you? I don't know. I the slim pickings that year. I don't know. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't think Maxim does slim pickings. I really, I honestly highly doubt that they do that. So. It was nice to walk into Walmart and see a poster of myself. That was pretty cool. Um, but yeah, I, Maxim, it, they're, they're a great company to work for. And, you know, as a little, uh, Maxim is sort of uh, losing a bit of steam because print magazines have gone out of style, right? There, you can't really find a Maxim except in New York. So, but when I was little, that was the only magazine that people would really read, especially uh, being in Pennsylvania was a small town. So that was like a goal of mine. So you so got- you, Goal you manifested. Yeah, you achieved it, you, you know, you achieved it. And so basically you were going, you were also being an interviewer at the same time. You were, you were, you know, practically a journalist, you know, and a presenter and a host. So, at the same time, that's when you that you, <laughs> that's when you that's when you ended up going into acting, obviously, because it started going hand in hand. Now, one of the acting roles that I also noticed is that you were in the very the hits uh, comedy sitcom Two and a Half Men. You were in the series finale. How was how how did you love being a part of that you know historic finale? It, it is a historic finale and getting my name in the credits was awesome. Great job on my manager's part. Um, but I just got to kiss somebody on screen and then run off. So it was a super, but getting residuals is always good. And, um, but being on set, I got to meet Ashton Kutcher and his wife and his new baby at that time. So that was, you know, it felt good to be on set. I had auditioned for that show maybe 25 times, never getting chosen for any of the parts that I really wanted. Wow. So I think for the very last episode, they were like, thank you for auditioning 5,000 times for us. You don't get any <laughs> lines, but kiss this girl for us, Amber Tamlin. Um, that was fun. I'll well, take what I can get. Hey, you know what? Your name, your name is now etched in the history books anyway of that show. So that actually shows a lot anyway. At the, at the end of the day, you know, that's pretty much something that you could actually take home with you every day of the week and twice on Sunday. You know. Thank you. And that's why you got to watch it all live right here at Dave & Buster's. Best sports bar ever. Really? Can you prove that? Are you kidding me? Screens so big, it will knock you out. Food so good, you will never tap out. And speaking of taps, check out this bar. Wow, she's good. Who doesn't like games? Oh, and did I fail to mention even more screens? Dave & Buster's, the, the best, best sports bar ever. One thing you did do, and I remember it because I saw this actually on a um, on uh, an interview that you did, that you were in, uh, I believe it was an animated series with uh, Mashimo, Ma 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 I can't pronounce it, it's Mashimo, Ma Mashimo uh, TV, 
and uh, you played a you played a character named Maribel. Oh, Machinima. Machinima. Uh, thank yeah. you. <laughs> That's the name I was trying to remember. <laughs> Machinima was actually purchased. It was a video game network. It was purchased by another company that you would recognize, but I can't think of the. Yeah, I played Maribel, and that was a really fun. That was a really fun project. That was back in 2012. Yeah, yeah, because I saw that interview and I was like, wow, you know, she actually did some, because on the Xander Effect, I also report about video games as well. That's part of, you know, that's part of the platform as well. So it's pretty cool to actually, you know, interview the voice, you know, of a character, it, regardless, you know, that's in, involved in the video game, you know, genre, <laughs> per se. I've had a bunch of video game jobs in, in the past, and um, I used to work for G Fuel. They flew me all over the world, if you're familiar with them. Mm -hmm. They're an energy drink for gamers. Well, so I don't game, I just drink it. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, I'm not a gamer, I can't. You're like, I'm good, I'm good. Well, My right friend's actually playing a video game right now. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. <laughs> well, I'm a gamer myself, so that's the reason why I report on the things that I do. But from what I I do know, you know, in in recent uh, in recent weeks, you've been promoting a lot of physical fitness types of things, you know, especially on Instagram. You know, you've been promoting a lot that. I mean, is that the next step that you're going towards? Is promoting physical fitness and different types of uh, drinks, different types of. Um, of uh, healthy types of uh, supplements? I've done some supplement stuff. Um, I work out and that's, I, it's just part of my life and you, you have to, I have to, it's part of my job. Um, it's not something that I necessarily want to keep promoting unless it's lucrative for me. So I'm just looking, I, I have a few sponsors, 24 Hour Fitness is a sponsor and Dog Pound had had me come in and, and post there at gym here in LA and they have a New York City location too. But it's just something, you know, people want to see what goes on behind the scenes. Of course, of course. Well, that's that's pretty much, you know, that's that's the way you promote yourself. That's the way you brand yourself anyway. So, and you're doing a great job with it. I mean, Thank I see you. some of that and I'm just like, yeah, I would die like within two seconds of doing anything that she's doing right now, but you know. <laughs> it, can be, it can be hard. It can be really tough to oh, get yeah. motivated. Consistency oh, yeah. is important. I've been told that, and yet I can't find the consistency anywhere <laughs> as much as I try, you know, but I will. 2020, I got to go ahead and make some, some changes. So that's going to be, that's, that's going to be different. You're going to start seeing Xander get a little leaner here. <laughs> um, but... Our Uber Eats is here. <laughs> Our Uber Eats is here. <laughs> I can't leave. I can't leave this podcast. <laughs> Well, yeah, you're, you're stuck with me right I'm now. I'm stuck right here. <laughs> well, I'm going to go ahead and, uh, you know, you know, rush this a little bit more then. No, uh, don't rush this. <laughs> I will also eat my noodles and plug the restaurant while I'm sitting right here. <laughs> well, the other thing that I also wanted to talk to you about is that I always ask all my guests this when they come on the show, is that how, how has 2019 been for you? Now that we're getting towards the end of 2019, how has this year, you know, treated you? This year has been really difficult um, for me. I lost my, uh, my dog passed away when oh, uh, he was 13 and my cat then passed away a few weeks uh, later and it was so close together that I just, I sort of got, I just got knocked out in 2019 and they, they were both, um, you know, they were my babies yeah. and 
cancer is is no fun it's just it hits everybody in your family it seems like i unfortunately um, know a lot about that because uh i lost my mom to cancer about three years ago so yeah. i you know i definitely know all about that and it's you know even when it comes like your fur babies are your family so right that's they, they are and um my grandparents raised me. I grew up in their house, speaking of Pennsylvania and my dog and my cat, and they are, have both passed away. My grandmother and I were very close and she was my mom basically for many years. So I lost her also three years ago. So it's just been little things one after another and then losing her and then losing my dog and my cat. So 2019, we're putting it to bed and hopefully no other tragedies hit mine or anybody I know but we move we, life life moves on unfortunately you can't you can't let things get to you but yeah it's been a really tough year so for anybody else out there it, tragedy can sidetrack anybody and everybody agreed agreed and I completely agree with that I mean I'm you know in a place in my life where I'm trying to get stuff, you know, going, you know, I mean, 2019 has been a rough year for me, but you know, in, in, in light of everything that happened, I had a great opportunity to meet you this year in 2019. Yeah. I mean, you did an incredible job uh, for the short that I directed and I wrote, and uh, I was very impressed by how you are as an actress. You do a great job as an actress. Um, and, Thank you. you know, like, like I said, it's, it's, you know, I, that's the reason why I wanted you to be on the Xander effect to begin with. When I am with you, nothing else matters. Everything disappears and it is just us. I cannot wait to see your handsome face and call you my husband. Yours forever, Caitlin. because of the talent that you bring to the table that many people may or may not know about. That's the reason why I'm trying to showcase who you are and what you oh, got you. going on and what you're about. So, <laughs> but now that, now that 2019 <laughs> is being put to bed and it's got his little lullaby already going to sleep very soon, what are we looking at for 2020 for Caitlin O'Connor? Like you said, I'm doing a lot of fitness stuff. It sort of comes my way, not that I'm really actively pursuing uh, fitness sponsorships. It just sort of has been coming my way, but um, I'm just, I'm selling art. Um, my boyfriend is an artist and on Instagram, he does commissions and it's just, I've been managing his art and it's, it's really working out. Um, a little more acting, some more modeling. I don't know. Maybe directing, maybe writing. Writing for sure. No directing for me. I am not a good director. I can't tell. I like to be told what to do. Tell me what to do. Can't direct. <laughs> you like it this way? I don't know. <laughs> do well, well, let's go back to well, let's go back to the writing part. What do you got going on for writing as far as writing is concerned? Um, I like to write copy for hosts. I'm, I'm a TV host at heart. That's what I love to do, entertainment reporting. And being behind the camera for entertainment reporting is actually really fun. Producing segments is, is really fun for me. But um, 
if E News is looking for an entertainment reporter, I'm right here. Hey, you and me both, sister. <laughs> hey, you never know. We might actually be, uh, you know, co-hosts on the Xander Effect sometime soon. I'd be, I'd be yes, happy to please. have you as a co-host. Yes, please. <laughs> All right, Caitlin. Well, thank you very much for being on the Xander Effect. I appreciate your time. And, you. you know, I wish you nothing but a beautiful holiday season, both Christmas, New Year's, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, whatever. <laughs> no, I mean, I hope you spend it very well with you and uh, your family. You too. Merry Christmas. <laughs> All right. We'll talk soon. Thank you. Bye, guys. Bye. Thanks so much, Caitlin, for being on the Xander Effect. Looking forward to having you on here once again and looking forward to your many endeavors in the near future. In other entertainment news, Pat Sajak uh, had an interview with Good Morning America and apparently he opens up that he had been absent from hosting uh, Wheel of Fortune. Um, Pat Sajak has been the host of Wheel of Fortune for decades and apparently he had a very bad uh, stomach um, illness, uh, an intestinal illness that put him on the shelf for a few months. And in that time, he decided to go ahead and uh, uh, contract the services of his co-host, Vanna White. Now, Vanna, she's been only used to, uh, you know, turning the letters around when, when prompted to do so. So she had never really been a host and she's never really hosted. And so this is something new for her, but she took on, she took on uh, the, she took on the role of host she's done a pretty good job but one of the the advice that pat actually gave her uh he actually advised her not to get on social media and the reason why is because Pat Sajak quotes, there are people that are jerks and are going to say nasty things because they can. I mean, that that really is true. Uh, many there's probably a lot of haters out there that aren't that aren't too happy or were wondering what was going on with with Pat. They're so used to seeing this host uh, host this uh, TV show that's been running for many, many years, uh, many decades. Ivana White has been the type of person. She's been the quiet one. Like she hasn't really said much. She's only been turned. She's only a pretty face turning letters apparently from what i gather from the show because i've seen it a couple times and it, it's just one of those things where where you know many people are going to be like well how is she hosting suddenly you know i mean it's just it's just really bad it's really bad and uh th that was actually sound advice for pat sajak to go ahead and uh tell vanna white to stay off of social media because sometimes there's going to be too many haters out there and they'll go ahead and make you second guess yourself and that's just that's just bad for for her for the show for everything so but vanna white did an incredible job very happy to hear that she did a great job however pat sajak may be returning very soon because he's already back in the studio and back on the saddle ready to go in other entertainment news i had an opportunity to interview another uh model slash actress slash writer sonia rockwell she's been in so many movies so many tv shows and uh has interacted with so many actors so many famous celebrities that that her adventures are pretty crazy. Check it out. So on the Xander Effect, I have the lovely Sonia Rockwell, actress and writer. Sonia, how are you doing, my dear? Hi, I'm good. You it's been a long your, day. You enjoy your <laughs> holiday season? I am. I feel like, I don't know. I feel like as you get older, like it goes faster and faster and faster. Now the holiday right? season's a few weeks. I guess it's always been a few weeks. But I feel like when you were younger, it lasted for months. 
Like right? snow was months. You were playing with snowman and, and it's just all of a sudden Christmas is next week. And I'm like, what? Whoa. Yeah, right? No, that's crazy. It's too because, fast. Well, it's like, remember when we were kids and we used to get those two weeks off and we thought they were, it was like, it wasn't two weeks for us. It was like a month. We were like, it's yeah, like and it's like taking forever. I love the two weeks that we get off, you know. Now it it's felt like, like summer break. Like it right? lasted so long. It felt like a season. It was like Christmas season. And now it's like, wait, what? why is this only a few weeks? We're, we're, we're <laughs> I need it to be longer. I know. It's like, oh, wait, I know why. It's because we're miserable because we're adults and we're miserable now. Okay, I understand. <laughs> Just so busy. Just flies then, by. Yeah. That's the, that's the other reason. That's the other reason. Well, Sonia, like, I have you on the show because you've been in so many things, like so many Tel television shows, movies, you've worked with Ashton Kutcher, you've worked with, God, who haven't you worked with? Like Owen Wilson, I believe it was, or his brother, <laughs> one of the two. I mean, you've worked with so many people, you've been in so many movies. Um, one of your, your the, the show that you were on the most was Being Mary Jane, uh, mm -hmm. and in which you, had, you were a brunette, which is crazy <laughs> to see you as a brunette, because I've always known you to be a blonde. That was insane to see you as a brunette. How was that experience like? How, how, how did that affect your peers seeing you like, oh my God, Sonia, is that you? Like, it must have been cool <laughs> to see you as a brunette. It was really cool. Um, I appreciate that casting after they had cast me as a blonde, thought, you know what? Let's make her a brunette because her character is going to be more believable as a brunette. And I was like, what? This never happens. So I was super excited. Sorry, I'm having things pop up here. Um, <laughs> It was really cool. I had no idea I was gonna have black hair. No one recognized me. I went to my rap party and literally people were like, who's the blonde girl? I'm like, guys, it's me, it's Emma. And they're like, you know, we heard a rumor you had different color hair, but even if I went on set for rehearsals without makeup, I always had my wig on. So literally people didn't know who I was. It was so funny. That was fresh. It was Justin's idea, wasn't it? <sighs> I suppose that's why he got the senior producer gig, all those fresh ideas. Well, I thought he got the job because Rhonda wanted another black. I think they knew each other. But you know, Justin's a smart producer. Yeah. Isn't his mother white? Mm, I don't know. So it was a wig that you were wearing. It wasn't that you dyed yeah. your hair. Wow. No, it was crazy because I'd be on set and they would take my hair's so crazy right now. They would take my bangs right here and they would spray paint them with black hairspray and then they'd brush it into the wig so it looked real. And they put me like in cornrow braids and put the wig on. And I was living in Atlanta filming, but I would fly back and forth every week to LA. I'd come home and I would take off my wig and I'd either have corn rolls or I'd take them out. My hair would be all frizzy and crazy. And I'd always have this like skunk, like one crazy black streak and I'd go to the airport and be on the plane. And people were always looking at me like, what is this girl doing? Like she looks crazy. And I was like, oh my God. You were like I known as, you, you were known as the female version of Pepe Le Pew. Only you were like, Pepe Le Pew. It was so crazy. It was funny though, seeing people's reactions and whatnot, but I loved it. And then um, I kind of felt like I embraced my Latin side and yeah. So who knows, maybe more brunette stuff will be coming up. We shall see. Well, that's crazy. Cause I mean, you are half Latin. So it's like many people would see you and be like, nah, <laughs> you know? I know. Especially I'm like the whitest white girl. 
Well, because especially because you've been casted for a lot of those particular roles. You've always been like the ditzy blonde or, you know, the hot blonde. Or I remember, and uh, I believe it was NCIS that you played like a victim or something like that. Was it NCIS or was it? Um, oh, CSI. CSI. I knew it was, it was one yeah. of those names. So yeah, saw, they're all the saw, same. Yeah, they're all like they're all they're all A B C D I N S whatever. Yeah. So, I mean, it was B I whatever. Um, oh, that's hilarious. That I'm Whoa. How you doing? Fine. <clears throat> oh yeah, we're uh, we're looking for a man. Uh, me too. This man. That's him. I've been waiting for him for hours. Yeah, well, you might be waiting a little bit longer than that. He just shot a guy in the casino. What? Um, but yeah, so I, <laughs> you've always played those types of roles. I mean, is it are these roles that you just get? Are these roles that you're like you embrace? I mean, or are you looking for something? Are you always looking to like kind of expand your horizon and not be totally boxed into one particular role? Well, that was the thing with um, being Mary Jane, and I think it also has to do with as you grow as a person, you know, though, but like in my twenties and being really young, you have to like find your niche and it's not who you think you are or how you think you come across. It's like, how does the public perceive me? And I know my stereotype. I know what I look like. So I thought I need to play on this. So the second I started playing on the dumb blonde or the bitch, you know, the snotty girl, I just started working like crazy. I'm like, oh, okay. So that's people's first impression of me. She's this hot blonde, so she's got to be dumb or she's got to be me. Wow. Well, that, <laughs> and that's, then I start because that's not you. That's I, I, know I know you. I know you, and that's not you're actually incredibly intelligent. You're incredibly creative, <laughs> which is like a trip to me because I'm just like I know I play those roles. It's like that's not Sonia. That's not I know. See, hey, that's real acting. Yeah, that is. Like, that actually it's, is. It's, it's kind of like Phoebe and Friends. You know, she plays like the ditziest blonde and she has like a PhD in physics or something. She's like a genius. Well, same thing with, same um, thing with Ashton Kutcher when he played Kelso on that yeah. show. And the guy's a genius. Like he graduated magna cum laude and also physics. Like I'm just like, this yeah. is not dumb at all. He's very, he's a freaking genius. Yeah. And so it's just, it is like, what does Hollywood want to see from you? And then, um, yeah, we talked about it, my team, and we thought, all right, you know, let's try and play other things. But you know what's actually really funny is it came as a blessing because I was actually on hold for an Oklahoma, like, 21-year-old dumb blonde blogger. And she's like, oh, my God, I'm from Oklahoma, and I've got my own show. And she's, like, super dumb. And it was between me and this other girl, and she actually was like 20 years old, so they cast her, but they were like, but Sonia was so funny and so great, we have to find something for her. And it was a blessing that they gave me a complete opposite role. They couldn't have two blondes on the show, so that's why they asked me to have black hair, but I was playing like a newscaster from New York. Mm -hmm. Like, how did they even get that from me auditioning for this dumb Oklahoma blonde? But I was like, oh my God, thank you. You believe I can pull it off. And, you know, I did. And it was only supposed to be a few episodes and they ended up keeping me the entire season. So they're obviously really happy, you know, with how we played and, you know, what, what they got out of the character. It's what they wanted, what they were looking for needed. So it was a perfect fit. Awesome. Well, yeah. as, far as, as far as this year's concerned, you just finished uh, wrapping up uh, Thicker Than Water and you played uh, Bianca Bingham 
in in that. So how was that? Like, what's 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 thicker than water? What's what's this what's this about? Another blonde rich girl. Ah, um, of yeah. What about the last name Bingham? I know, I know, that <laughs> totally total stereotype. It's a thriller, and that's one of the things I've always wanted to do was play um, in a psychological thriller, and so. I got a chance to do that. I got to do the running around and the crying and the bloody mess. And it was really cool. We went to Lake Powell and we stayed out there and we stayed on a boat in the middle of nowhere. It was amazing. Um, I don't want to give too much of it away, but it is, it is like a psychological thriller, you know, is where there, a lot of is there, is there, things is there, happen. Is there a date of when it's going to be released at all? I wish I knew. I don't know. I was actually, I was just talking to the director and the producer the other day because they were asking me to send them photos <laughs> from, you know, just cast members and us hanging out. Um, yeah, so I'll have to find out. I'll definitely have to find out. But it was, well, it was so much fun. Well, I loved it. it. Well, seeing as I stalk you on Instagram, because I do, um, <laughs> <laughs> I saw that you recently, you went to the Jumanji premiere and uh, you took a picture of Danny DeVito. And that, oh. was really, that must have been really cool. How was that like? Okay. Obviously, I see famous people all the time. I work with famous people all the time. I don't get starstruck. I get it. We're all there to do our jobs and, you know, learn from each other. It's awesome. Awesome. I felt like a crazy fan when I saw Donnie, Danny DeVito. I was like, oh my gosh, I've been a fan since Romancing the Stone. That's like yep. 80s. I don't even know if I watched it in the 80s. I was oh, too I, young. But I still remember that one and <sighs> Jewel of the Nile, the sequel. And Jewel, yes. Yeah, I saw them both. Classic, <laughs> both total classics. And he's always just been, the, he's so cute. And he's super cheery and so positive and it doesn't matter who you are and fans or whatever. He wants to have his picture. I felt really bad. I was like, I don't want to make you feel like this, like a zoo animal, but oh my God, you're Danny DeVito. I'm super <laughs> <excited>. <laughs> he had the, he's such a little perv. He's such a legend. He's just sitting there, this getting ready to just picture taking his head's right here. Mind <laughs> you, I'm barely five foot four. I'm so tiny, but I felt like a supermodel. <laughs> I was so tall next to him. He was like, take your time. <laughs> Looking, just take your time. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> he's such a legend that's i was awesome. so excited to meet him yeah and the movie is so good i've already seen it i was twice. gonna ask i was gonna ask how the movie because i saw the I first one the first one was hilarious the they did it so good okay i don't want to give it away but i'm kind of giving a little bit of away because it's already out but they don't just jump into one character mm -hmm. the characters get switched around a lot more and so you actually could see the talent of of the actors the rock wow. Kevin hart I should say Dwayne Johnson. I know he's going by that now. Um, yeah, because they wouldn't just be in one character the whole movie. They 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 swapped a lot more, and it was freaking hilarious. I laughed for like two hours straight. It was so oh, good. I convinced man. my family to take my dad on his birthday. I'm like, no, I I know exactly the movie we should go see. They were like, you already you went to the premiere. Like, what's gonna top that? I'm like, seeing it with you guys. Like, you don't understand. <laughs> we're gonna be laughing the whole time, and it was so awesome. If you've heard my sister laugh, oh my gosh, everyone in the theater could hear her. She's like, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh my god, what did I do? I'm like, sorry, everybody. My family's so loud. <laughs> that's so cool though that's so cool that's i mean yeah. right now, it looks like jumanji um they have they have their work cut out for me because i mean also this week premiering is star wars and yes. that that is man i'm looking forward to seeing that one because it's the last one 
And to be honest with you, I cried. I cried when I saw the Did you the, hear? The, the commercials for it because C3PO <gasps> saying goodbye, it brought a tear to my eye. And then I saw Leia. I saw that. That brought me, that brought a tear to my eye too, seeing Leia as well. I started like, Aww. I was bawling like a little boy because I've been watching Star Wars since I was a kid. I'm a huge Star Wars. You saw the poster. I'm a Star Wars fan. And to see that this is the last one, the final one of, of them all is, is going to be insane. But one thing that actually stands out right now, and I was actually talking to somebody else about this, is Adam Driver had an interview not too long ago. And as an actress, I wanted to get your opinion as well. He had an interview that he walked out of um, because they started playing uh, a, a clip of one of his, one of his movies. Um, and he, the thing is that Adam Driver, he's got a thing about him where he doesn't like listening to himself and he doesn't like watching himself. Um, because he, he believes it kind of throws him off a little bit. He mentioned something like that. So when they started playing uh, his stuff, he walked out of the middle of the interview. Now, in my opinion, that's, that's a little too much. That's, a li that's way too much uh, of being eccentric. Um, and it, it's one of those things that the person I spoke, to, uh, spoke about this to, they feel that it, does, it makes sense to them because it throws an actor out off. And it makes them second guess themselves and their art. I personally, I, you know, I, that's kind of a that's kind of a weird situation for me, as, especially as a, as a host, to be in the middle of an interview and then have the person walk out before the interview even gets started, because then you have to go ahead and make time for that person's absence. What's your opinion about that, Sonia? Because I mean, again, you've been in a lot of a lot of things. You've been in a lot of movies. You've dealt with a lot of actors. I mean, what do you think of of something like that? Um. I think, I mean, I have two opinions about that. Maybe he didn't feel prepared because they didn't tell him they were going to play an interview. When I was on one of the talk shows, I think you saw one of them. I don't know which one you've seen in uh, Noches Completanito. They brought me on twice. One of them, they played a clip of a show that I did, that it was, com it was coming out, so they were just kind of pulling the trailer from it. And it was awkward because I didn't know they were going to play it. I knew I wasn't in the trailer because it was just advertising the show and I was a few episodes in and it was just a little awkward, but I would not walk out. I think that would probably make the situation more awkward. Um, second, my second opinion to that is it, I think it's normal for actors to feel uncomfortable when they watch them themselves, but there's two parts to that. When you're learning like film, like I came from theater, and when you switch to film and television acting, it's so much more different because everything is here mm -hmm. that you have to learn to watch yourself because sometimes people do weird quirks and things and, and you learn from it because you watch it and yes, it does make you second guess yourself, but you're thinking, okay, but if I keep doing that, it's not going to be good. And, and yeah, exactly. I can improve or, or directors or people aren't going to like that. Or why am I making that face? Or why am I twitching? And it's about learning self-control because stillness is powerful. Um, I know Johnny Depp doesn't like to watch himself either, <laughs> but then it, it does feel awkward after you've done the performance. I understand how it is uncomfortable to watch it because I sit in my premiere sometimes. I've walked out of a, a showing and I left my parents there and I came back later. <laughs> That's also because I was in school and I had to go turn in my report that day. So I didn't want to get in trouble. So I left the premiere oh, and I nice. came back. Um, 
And my professor was like, um, you probably could have sent someone else. I'm like, well, you said we had to turn it in. And I was all dressed in a gown. Oh, nice. But another time I was with my mom and I just felt myself sinking in my chair. Because <laughs> it was like so awkward. And other times, you know, you watch it and you're like, oh, I was feeling this in that moment. But that came on across on screen really great. So it's kind of a catch-22 because it is uncomfortable, but at the same time, you're on television. So don't you want to know how you're being perceived? Correct. You know, so you can give a good performance, so you can give a better performance, so you're not doing weird, quirky things. So, I mean, yeah, it's it goes, kind of it a, goes, it a weird both, thing. It goes both ways. Yeah, it goes but. both ways. No, and I, and I, <laughs> Look who it is, Mr. Monday Night. Hey. Hey. What are you doing? You want to watch the game? <laughs> All that beer for you? No. Uh, this one's for me. And then I got another one. Oh, See? <laughs> you, um, we say I drive you home. Okay. Okay. <laughs> no, and I, and I understand because, I mean, hell, even, even myself, I tend to watch myself on my own, you know, podcast, and I'm like, I got to stop doing that. I got to stop saying that. I got to stop repeating that over and over again. And it's actually like I'm trying to better myself a little bit more as I watch myself unfold, yeah. you know, before my very eyes. I'm just like, why? Why did I just say that? Why? Okay. The power of editing will cut this out and we'll get this out of the way and replace it with this. But yeah, yeah no, I, I understand completely because um, there have been times like, I mean, I've acted before. I've been on, on, on shows before where I look at myself and I'm just like, God, I could have done that better. I, I, I don't know why I didn't do that. I could have easily done that better. So it's like I tend to also not second guess, but I tend to correct myself and try not yeah. to repeat the mistakes that I did on camera, you know, later on. So that's, I mean, totally. yeah, I mean you're, you're right about that. You're right about that. And, but I mean, in essence, that's the reason why I kind of like writing and speaking of writing, I know that you are currently writing a script right now. And, and, and how's that going for you? Can you tell me a little bit about that? I'm honestly having so much fun. <laughs> It's a comedy. And so literally I'm on the phone with my girlfriend. She's on the East coast and we're literally laughing every day for like two hours a day because we're just coming up with concepts or jokes. And we've, I've been watching masterclass. I've actually learned a lot like the Judd Apatow. And, you know, we, we talked about the masterclass a little bit and um, you know how he says, you know, make 20 jokes per scene or per page and swap things around. And it's almost hard for us to be narrowing down how it should be or which direction it's going to go because there's so many different ways. And mm -hmm. that's just the fun of having that creative outlet um, that you get to control the project. You get to control where the story's going. And, mm -hmm. and then you have this vision in your head or you're picturing certain actors playing those certain roles. And it's so much fun. Oh, I bet. You know me. I'm super I mean, excited. You know me. I'm a writer as well. So I totally, I agree with you completely 110% because, you know, you get to create the world. You know, you get to create that particular world and you get to see characters unfold and, you know, come to life. And when they do, you're like, wow, I wrote that. I created that. I, that came from here. Yeah. So, so much fun to like, you know, the development process of it, the creative process of it is just so amazing to me. I love doing that. So I can totally understand where you're coming from. But 
out of writing, are you also planning on directing as well? Or is it for right now, you're just focusing on just writing? Yeah, right now I'm just, I'm just focusing on writing. I mean, I guess when you do write, you have a director's mind because you're thinking about how it's going to be shot and that's the way that you're describing it. That's the way that you're writing it in the script because you want people to see your vision. Uh, maybe later down the line, but not there yet. Just having fun, you know, just writing and being creative. It's uh, Bridesmaids meets The Great Outdoors meets The Hangover. Oh, so nice. it's like... <laughs> nice. like a, a women empowered comedy. Awesome! I, I, yeah. I hope I hope I get to get a chance to see it because I love all three of those. <laughs> I mean, I'm a fan of all three of those movies. So, <laughs> so much fun! It's gonna be awesome. Hopefully, you have like a raccoon or something like that. A couple raccoons that are doing something. I don't know, or a bat well, that goes inside the freaking cabin or something. <laughs> Sorry, so, go back to the great. No, outdoors. it's okay. <laughs> what's so funny is they say write what you know, and literally all the scenes that we have been writing as quirky and wacky and way out of left field they are these are experiences in our real life things that have happened or moments that we're playing off of and we're thinking oh my gosh how how did, would people think that this is even real no they're gonna look at this and be like that's not real we're thinking but this is actually based on actual events oh no we're gonna God. write it that's awesome, though. That's really yeah. cool. I, I, like I said, I, I, I hope that I get a chance to, you know, check it out because I'd love to go ahead and, you know, see something like that come to pass. Um, so going back to what it's the holiday season, I always ask this of all my guests, seeing as we're closing out 2019, going into 2020. So anyway, how was 2019 treated you? 2019 was a year of exploration for me. It was me putting aside things that I've been like driving, 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 driving to do or to get to just stop and put all those things aside and reevaluate why, like, why do I want to do this? You know, what, what was, what's really going to make me happy? I know I've been striving for this for so long, but all right, let's take a step back. And it's been a year of growth in a sense. Uh, more internally, not just like my craft on the outside and what people see, but more working on myself on the inside, which is amazing because everything starts from the inside, you know, and even going in classes and working on set, it's just like you're constantly work, 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 go, go, go. And you do need to take a step back and go, all right, I'm trying to become this character, but who am I? Let's, let's really evaluate you know, all the nitty gritty inside stuff, you know, things like that. So I would say that 2019 was a, a year of growth for me more internally in a good way. Awesome. That's awesome. And, and what, what are we looking forward to in 2020? What are you looking forward to? 2020 is applying it. Nice. So basically, 20, the new growth, the new 20, Sonia 2.0. Nice. Nice. So 2019 yeah. is the foundation. 2020 is the architect. The architecture, oh, yeah. Trying to beginning the, the, oh, the yeah. construction oh. of it. Did you ever shoot anybody? Only all the time. But not himself. And not in the foot, actually. Up, 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 nothing. I don't think there's anything hotter than a cop. Are you okay? Your nose is bleeding. Uh, old injury. Uh, the bullet's still lodged in his sinus. Oh, my God. You know what? I live right around the corner. Can I take you to my place and fix you up? <laughs> That would be very nice. <laughs> Have a great time. Awesome. Well, you know what's totally. Sonia, 
I look forward to seeing what you have for 2020. I've always, lo I've always loved everything you've got so far in your past. I'm looking forward to your future. I'm looking forward to seeing what you got coming. You are an incredible town, and I'm looking forward to having you again on the Xander Effect in 2020 <laughs> with everything that's already starting to unfold. I look uh, forward to that. You know, thank you so much for being on the Xander Effect, Sonia. I appreciate that. Thank you. And hope you have a happy <laughs> holidays and happy new year, happy Christmas, everything. Yes, happy holidays you too. See you in 2020. Yay. <laughs> Talk to you soon. <laughs> Bye. Thanks, Sonia, for being on the Xander Effect. I appreciate you coming on the show, and I look forward to all your artistic endeavors and all you, everything that you're going to provide in the world of entertainment in the upcoming future. In sports, ex-New Orleans Saints Joe Horn facing 10 years after scamming the NFL healthcare plan for $150,000. Okay, this is annoying to me. You're talking about NFL players that played for a team that not only made money off of endorsements, they made money off of the team, they made money off of the fans' tickets, they made money off of everything. And you're still going to go ahead and scam healthcare for $150,000? What, did you run out of money for like your habits or something? Come on. This isn't fair to many people, and I'm so happy that justice prevailed and he got what he deserved along with 10 other NFL players that also were scamming. This is, this is outrageous. This, this upsets me a lot because how dare they go ahead and scam an organization that opened their arms to them? that opened their their wallets to them, and they continue to try to steal money, you can go ahead and sit there and say that, yeah, you put your bodies on the line, but no one told you to do that. You did it for the love of the sport. Or at least that's what many of, of these NFL players say, that they do it for the love of the sport and for the love of the fans. Now, if that's not the case, don't get into the sport to begin with. And if you didn't get paid enough... Guys, you guys get paid more than an average Joe's salary, so be happy with what you have. And if you didn't invest it well or you made poor investments, that is on you. That's not on the organization that handed you a check and that gave you money to go ahead or that paid you, not gave you, but paid you for your services as a football player. It's not right for you to have done what you did, and you know what? Again, it's a good thing that justice prevailed and you got what was what was uh what was in, within the legal uh within the legal realms and that's 10 years he, he's facing uh actually um Joe Horn is facing up to 10 years along with the other 10 NFL players and also including Clinton Portis is another one of the 10 that's also being uh being indicted and uh you know has a case against him so yeah, that happens, and you know what? It is what it is. This is maybe a lesson to the rest. Don't try that. Don't even try to play with the NFL or with money that's not yours. In other sports news, Julian Edelman denies Spygate two allegations after one of the Patriots staffers was caught filming uh, on the Cincinnati Bengals side, filming their bench and filming the plays that they were doing. He was caught by Cincinnati officials doing this. Excuse me. He was caught by Cincinnati officials doing this. And, 
And Julian Edelman, along with the Patriots staffs, are denying that there was any type of ill will or any ill intentions towards the team or any cheating. They deny cheating uh, vehemently. Edelman says, we have, he says, quote, we haven't even thought about it, honestly. We have been thinking about other things. It's funny, but it is what it is. Well, Julian, it is what it is. Our famous last words, because at the end of the day, if the NFL investigates and they see that there's more cheating involved, they might throw you guys out. They might who knows actually i i can't even say that they can do that um they may let you play they may not who knows uh i'm talking about the patriots in general the entire team uh belichick is a sneaky sneaky coach that's why he's so successful so is tom brady and uh you know they yes they are great together they are great players the patriots are an amazing team but if this is the case if this is what happened if this is in fact what happened and they are that the, this is an factual cheating scandal that's going on then that makes us wonder if they haven't been cheating this entire time if they haven't had staffers in disguise go to the other team and maybe that's the reason they're so successful obviously boston fans will go ahead and say no that's not it that Boston fans, you're Boston fans, okay? Obviously, you're going to stick up for your own team. But if there are, if there's proof and there are facts and it is proven that there was cheating, guess what, Boston fans? There's no denying it. It's going to end up happening that way. So we'll see what happens with this Spygate 2 scandal that's going on. And we'll see if the NFL decides to, uh, decides to investigate this even further. In video game news, Bloodshot to be made into a video game in 2020. Now, Valiant Entertainment uh, made an announcement to The Hollywood Reporter saying that they were going to make uh, the comic book, uh, you know, that comic book and many other comic books book uh comics like that um into video games bloodshot's one of them ninjack is the other one that they're going to be making into a video game next year i mean you know which is good timing because if you think about it you have you have um you have uh, the Xbox, uh, the Xbox X series coming out, or Series X, Xbox Series X coming out at the end of the year. You have the PS5 coming in at the end of the year, so they're gonna want to cash in on these new consoles that are gonna be looking for games to go ahead and fill their database. So, of course, Bloodshot, the movie starring Vin Diesel, comes out next next year in 2020, and there is no there, there is no uh, there is no talk of Vin Diesel. I mean, Vin Diesel hasn't confirmed anything saying that he might be the voice of the character of Bloodshot for the video game. I mean, he did do another video game. He did a Fast and the Furious video game as well, and he was the voice on that one. But uh, there hasn't been any confirmation on whether or not Vin Diesel will in fact be the voice of Bloodshot for the Bloodshot video game that is set to be uh, done for 2020. In other video game news, Madden NFL 20 Zero Chill has arrived. The DLC, the Christmas DLC pack is finally out and it brings with a lot of presents i mean madden uh madden, ea always brings an awesome wide variety of of packs uh for the for the for the zero chill pack the dlc and so far it hasn't disappointed uh the currency for this dlc is kindling so you have to like collect a certain amount of kindling in order to unlock very uh you know legendary and present players of a high tier of 90 i believe I believe it's 93 and above and um a lot of a lot of uh, madden players are so excited about this 
There's also uh, different packs that you could go ahead and 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 make yourself, which is like you get a hundred kindling and uh, some sort of an ice man pack, and you put those together, and the ice melts, and you get an awesome player. Personally, I got a 92 left outside linebacker that I'm really happy about, and I'm using them because I needed one. I had a 79 left outside linebacker on my team, so I'm glad that I was able to unlock or um, uh, to get that in a pack. Uh, the other the other one is the puzzle is a, is like a Christmas tree puzzle that you put together that also gives you another pack that will not open until december 25th until christmas uh it's kind of like a christmas present type of packs so that's pretty cool and of course there's the solo challenges you have the solo challenges one of which you could go ahead and repeat it's a long one but it has it has um it has uh, elves, I guess you might call them, because that's what they are in the video game. It has elves, and it has uh, it has uh, you know bigger players and stuff like that. But you get kindling and you get packs, you get different things for beating that one as well. So that was pretty cool. There's also the zero chill solo challenges that also give you kindling and also give you players packs. So this zero chill NFL pack is really cool. I would recommend it. Go ahead and check it out. It's out right now, and I'm sure there's going to be more and more coming out. More. Uh, more DLCs to add more add-ons to this DLC pack in the upcoming weeks. That's it for the Xander Effect. Thank you so much for uh, joining me on the final Xander Effect of 2019. I leave you now with Quest Cross and Bobby Bebob's EDRM version of Losing My Religion. Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays. We'll see you next year in 2020.
thanks a lot for watching this episode of the Xander Effect. Now, if you like this video or any of my other videos, here's a couple right here. See, right here, right here. Go ahead and click on those to view some of my past videos and make sure to subscribe because it's awesome. See you next time on the Xander Effect. Also, don't forget to follow me on Twitter and Instagram. The Xander Effect is powered by 5050 Global Music Inc. BMG and Sony Music The Orchard. You can also catch the audio version of the Xander Effect on Spotify starting January 17th, 2020.